you do if you were living next door to great people? You got along well, things were going fine, and everything seemed copacetic. But things would not stay that way. And over time, personal conflicts would spill over into both of your lives. But little do you know, these conflicts will eventually turn deadly. Hello, my fellow divers, and welcome back to another episode of Crime Dive, where we take a deep dive into crime. I'm your host, Lexi. Thank you so much for listening and watching. If you're new, welcome to the water. We're so happy to have you. If you're returning, welcome back to the water. We missed you, and thank you for coming back to take another deep dive into crime with us. Make sure you check out our episode description. There you will find all the links to my TikTok and Instagram, as well as a link to help us out over here at Crime Dive. You can also find my email in the episode description for any business inquiries. Also, make sure you check out all of our other videos, including my new series This Just In where we talk about the latest in true crime. And this episode is about neighborhood rivalry turned deadly. These cases are honestly pretty crazy. They always turn out in a way that you would just never expect and it's just like why? Why did it have to get to this point? But with that Let's get right into the cases. The first case we're going to be talking about today takes place in Carmel Valley in Northern California. Carmel Valley is a very rural area and it has this tight-knit, small-town community feel and everybody gets along, it's very chill, and it has beautiful, beautiful landscapes. Locals often call living on the Carmel Valley hillside as being the best place to live and they call it living up on the hill. And this is where Mel Grimes lived. Now he was a man who was in his 50s and he moved to Carmel Valley in 1988. Pretty soon he became a high profile lawyer and a lot of people in the community looked up to him. He was pretty revered. Mel loved to surf, he was a very nice guy, and he was also pretty chill and mellow at the same time. Eventually he met a woman named Elizabeth and she actually worked in the law offices next to his as a paralegal. One day he just decided to ask her out on a date and she agreed. After that, the rest was pretty much history. They got married in 1995, and Elizabeth actually had a son from her previous marriage named Tom, and Mel took him in and loved him as his own. Mel and Elizabeth were said to be pretty much the perfect couple. They were amazing together, they did everything together, and they just seemed to fit so well according to the people in their lives. Elizabeth ended up moving into Mel's house up on the hill because it was beautiful. I mean, who wouldn't want to live up on the hills of Carmel Valley? And around 1999, they had a new neighbor move in named John Kenny. Now John Kenny was a Korean war vet. He had a doctorate from MIT and he was working as a travel consultant for an oil company. So he was doing pretty well in life. John John Kenny was said to be very intelligent, an overall nice guy, and very chivalrous, especially to women. Now John Kenny's wife actually worked as a doctor in France so they spent a lot of time apart and because of this John ended up living in the house by himself. Elizabeth and Mel took to John very quickly. They enjoyed his company. They all got along very well. Now they actually shared a driveway that would eventually split off into their own private driveways. So sometimes they would just hang out in the driveway that they shared and they would just talk. Sometimes John would even give Elizabeth his house keys to watch his house while he was away traveling on business. There was a lot of trust there. They were getting along very well and things just seemed to be going okay for the most part. Over time, however, things eventually started to sour. One thing that annoyed John about Elizabeth and Mel was the fact that their yard wasn't as orderly as his. So they would have a lot of collectibles and knickknacks in their yard, kind of just organized any kind of way, and that was just their style. But John, on the other hand, he was very orderly, very pristine. He liked things just so, and he didn't like a lot of 
clutter. So having to see Elizabeth and Mel's yard with a lot of stuff in it, it would really bother him because he was the total opposite. Now, as I said, they shared a driveway that would eventually split off into their own private driveways. And at the beginning of the shared driveway, there was a little wooden bridge that was built over a creek. So that way, Mel, Elizabeth, and John could all drive over it. But over time, this bridge was starting to deteriorate and John realized that it needed to be fixed right away. So he decided to go to Mel and Elizabeth and talk to them about them possibly getting it fixed. But Mel said, it might cost a lot to get it done professionally. So I'll just have one of my legal clients do it. As I said, Mel was a lawyer and sometimes his clients couldn't always pay him back in money. So he would have them pay him in labor. But John wasn't too keen on this idea. After all, the bridge is over a creek and if it's not built correctly, your car is gonna crash into the water. So John wanted this to be built professionally, but Mel said, no, no, it'll be much cheaper this way. I'll go ahead and take care of it. As John waits for Mel to take care of it, it doesn't happen. So John decides to just go ahead and get it done himself professionally. And he goes over to Mel and Elizabeth's house to give them the bill for what he got done. And Mel's like, absolutely not. I'm not paying this. I said I was gonna do it myself. But John's like, well, you didn't. So here's the bill. But Mel refused to pay it. He said, absolutely not. Elizabeth was on his side. She's like, no, we're not paying that. So John ends up suing Mel and Elizabeth and he ends up winning and they are forced to pay John for their portion of the work that got done on the bridge. And this is really when things between them started to deteriorate because Mel was not happy at the fact that he had to pay for the portion of the bridge to be built when he was just gonna do it himself. John was also starting to get pretty petty with the property lines. So for example, in order for Mel and Elizabeth to get out of their driveway, they had to drive over a little piece of John's driveway in order to get to the shared driveway. I know it sounds pretty confusing, but if you're watching on YouTube, there's a graphic. But for those of you who are listening, I'm trying to explain it the best way I can. Mel and Elizabeth had been backing over this piece of John's driveway for a while, but now that they weren't getting along, John was starting to have a problem with it. So he decided to mark his property line by building a garden right at the start of it so Mel and Elizabeth could not use it. This literally blocked their carport. Like they literally could not get in or out without getting on this piece of land. Mind you, it's a very small sliver of dirt. So John was just being petty. One day, Mel comes home from work and he tries to get into his carport, but he sees that John has planted a literal garden in front <laughs> of his carport. So he's like, absolutely not. So you wanna know what Mel does? Mel drove over the damn garden. Oh my God, petty. John Kenny comes over and he's like, you just drove over my garden. And Mel's like, well, your garden was in my way. Like, I don't even know why you planted that in the first place. So John starts taking pictures of Mel driving over his garden. And Elizabeth comes out and she's like, what are you doing? Stop taking pictures of my husband. And according to John, Elizabeth ended up grabbing the camera strap from around his neck and pulling it so hard that his head ended up hitting the window of the car. He apparently had to go to the hospital. He had all these injuries. He was very upset. But Elizabeth says that that's not how it went down at all. And that John was doing the absolute most in order to make her look aggressive. When in reality, John is the one who started all that by planting the garden in the first place. Both parties actually end up trying to file charges, but nothing ends up coming of it because there's just not a lot of evidence. It was very, he said, she said. So it ended up just getting dropped. Elizabeth was so desperate about what to do with this whole situation with John that she actually decided to go to his pastor and write him a letter begging him to get through to John and ask John to just 
leave them alone. John caught wind of this and he got pretty upset about it. John was very heavily involved in his community church because that was just what he liked to do. And he led Bible study classes. So one day John's leading a Bible study class when all of a sudden Elizabeth storms in and confronts him in front of everybody. And everybody's just like, what is going on? John was mortified that she came to his Bible study class in order to confront him. So he ends up getting a restraining order against her. Mel and Elizabeth are like, well, we want a restraining order against him because he blocked our driveway. And both of them are actually granted these restraining orders. I don't know if this is like this everywhere, but in California, if you want to get a restraining order granted against somebody, that person has to turn over any weapons that they may have, specifically firearms. Now Mel and Elizabeth, they had an old decorative firearm that they didn't use, but they did have to end up giving it over to police. But when John was asked if he had any firearms, he said no. So he didn't have any to turn over. Now it's pretty hard to have a restraining order against your neighbor because they're literally right there all the time. Somehow they tried to make it work. They would just avoid each other and just not have much to say, but that would all soon on January 29th, 2007, Elizabeth and Mel were both at work while John Kenny was home having a boulder delivered. So this time he was gonna put something else in front of their carport that was not able to be just ran over by Mel's car. He was going to put a boulder in front of their carport in order to mark his property line, which is like, really? Elizabeth and Mel eventually get off work and they decide to meet up at a restaurant together. Eventually they finish dinner around 5 p.m. and they both drive home separately since they came there separately. Mel arrives home first and he sees this huge boulder that's literally blocking him from getting into his carport. And of course he knows instantly who was responsible. He decides to go get a sledgehammer and he begins smashing the boulder apart. Elizabeth ends up pulling up shortly after and she sees Mel doing this and she decides to go inside and call 9 because John has now blocked their driveway entrance, not to mention there's a restraining order against him. So he shouldn't have been anywhere near their property in the first place, but it's just hard because he's their neighbor. Now, while all of this is going down, John is actually watching from the window of his house before he decides to go over there and confront both of them. Now, Elizabeth is still on the phone with 911 as this is happening. She can be heard in the background yelling at John to get away from them and just stay out of their lives. Now, at this point, John ends up going up to Elizabeth and accosting her. Like, like trying to grab her and mess around with her. And Mel sees this and he's like, oh, hell no. So he decides to go up and help Elizabeth and come to her aid. But as he does this, according to DNA that was found, John actually used the firearm that he wasn't supposed to have, the one that he told police he didn't have, he uses it to hit Mel on the side of the head. Mel falls to the ground and Elizabeth immediately goes down to make sure he's okay. And at that point, John ends up pointing the firearm at both of them before shooting. Police arrive and see Mel and Elizabeth on the ground together. Now, unfortunately, Mel had passed away from his injuries at only 58 years old. Elizabeth was just barely clinging on to life and she was alive long enough for police to ask her, who did this to her? And she said that John did it. She said it was their neighbor. Elizabeth is flown to a trauma center, but unfortunately she passes away on the way there. 
at the age of 55 and John was immediately arrested. Nobody expected things to get to this level based on petty neighbor arguments. And the fact that John took it there is absolutely insane. I mean, why did you ever think that this was gonna be worth taking their lives for? Especially when he kept antagonizing the issue. What did you think they were gonna do when you put a huge boulder in front of their carport? John pled not guilty to charges of homicide. And he claimed that he did this in self-defense because Mel came at him with a sledgehammer. Mel Grimes was coming at me with a sledgehammer to use it like a battering ram. He's looking me right in the face. He was either going to kill me or else permanently put me out of action. It happened so fast. This was a, a pandemonium. Uh, I was acting half on instinct and self-preservation. I wasn't thinking much of anything. I wasn't thinking of anything except to save my life. But DNA proved that this is not exactly how things went down. As I said, there was DNA that concluded that John had hit Mel with the firearm before shooting him. Not to mention the angle at which John shot showed that he was standing above both Mel and Elizabeth when he did this. So how could you defend yourself against somebody who was clearly on the ground while you were standing up? Not to mention this entire thing, this whole confrontation was captured on the 911 call that Elizabeth had placed when she came home. She never hung up the phone when she was shot. So this entire call, you can hear literally everything. And at the end of the call, you can hear John Kenny say, welcome to hell, Elizabeth, before shooting her again. John Kenny was found guilty of the first degree murder of Elizabeth Grimes and the second degree murder of Mel Grimes. And he was given life in prison without the possibility of parole. Now, I haven't really found much information on John Kenny as of today. He was 72 when that happened. So I believe he should be somewhere in his mid eighties by now, but I'm not sure if he is still alive or not. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to find that out, but he has tried to appeal his conviction and it's been denied. One of the saddest parts about this case was the fact that Mel and Elizabeth were actually planning on moving. After they passed away, they had actually received a call from a realtor saying that a property that they wanted had just become available. But unfortunately, they were no longer alive in order to move. So it's really sad that they were looking to, I guess, mitigate the issues. But unfortunately, things got so bad before they were even able to do that. Let me know if you want more neighborhood rivalry stories, because let me tell you, there are a lot, things that you would never expect. But with that, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up today's episode. We'll be back next week with another episode. Thank you so much for listening and watching, and I hope to see you in the water soon.